Oh, I just want to just touch on grading and BGS really quick. A lot of people listen to your podcast because you've done a lot of stuff about this, but I, I just want to get your take on, on a couple of things here. One of the things people love about the BGS labs are the subgrades. People love the subgrades. They love to be able to look at the subgrades on a card and, you know, see exactly what the grader was thinking or get at least more of an insight into the subgrades. And I want to give you a really you know, an analytics-based example of something that just happened yesterday. At auction, three copies yesterday of the Fleer 57 Jordan rookie card sold on eBay. And here's what happened. Two were BGS 9.5s, gem mints. One of them had what we call premium subgrades, two 9.5s and two 10s. This card sold for $71,100, $71,100. There was another BGS 9.5. It had what we call minimum subgrades. It had three 9.5s and one 9. Still a BGS 9.5, but minimum subgrades. This one sold for $21,000. Huge gap between these two gems. And then the third, a PSA 10 sold, and it went in between these two. So you got the BGS 9.5 Premium, PSA 10, which came in at 62000 and then the BGS 9.5 Minimum Subs. So does this make sense? Should there be this big of a value gap between the Minimum Sub and the Premium Sub? Should the market be so nuanced that little, you know, a couple subgrades are worth $50,000? What do you think about this? Nuance is good. You know, it's, it has a dynamic element. Again, it plays to the fact, again, what you've done is you've, you've explained it after the fact of how that could happen, but you're questioning that, that it maybe shouldn't. No one would question that the more inferior 9.5 should sell for less if you really scrutinize it. No one would question that. That much less, it makes one of them look slightly overvalued or one of them look slightly undervalued. Except if you think that you could crack somehow the best, the best Jordan 57, you know, card there with the two nine fives and the two tens and you crack it. And if it's a 10 centering, or let's say, let's say it's nine five on the corners and the surface or, or, or edges, but anything but the centering. So it's a 10 centering and then a 10 something else and two nine fives. You may be thinking, and again, I'm not, I don't believe in additive restoration, but if you cracked it and you have some special way of not putting any outside treatment, but you gently wipe the surface in some way that, that the surface, there's a little speck there that somehow it needs to be just slightly rubbed off or some edges that, that if you smooth them a little bit or a corner that's just, you get a black label, you're laughing all the way to the bank. So that's the only play there. Otherwise, or you, or you have bragging rights that it's the, the, one of the very best of the nine fives. You know, and then the other one, but a nine five is not a nine five, and I I was I was disappointed. I was not in favor of of eliminating the uh, subgrades. I thought that was an important distinctive that our company had, and I was not in favor of that. And you know how many votes I got about that? Zero. <laughs> I'm not the boss anymore. So they uh, made a business decision. And that's their prerogative. But I thought it was an important distinction. It was again the dynamic elements of grading, and I think the subgrades are a very important part of that. I think it was an edge for BGS. So. Disappointed about that because exactly what you're saying, having, it's just like you're talking about the Schiller narrative. The first thing is there is a narrative. You know, it's a, it's a buzzworthy conversation. How can this be? And then people are trying to figure it out. And then it causes them to think, you know what? Every time I see a 9.5 now, I'm going to check the subgrades because it could be undervalued if it has premium subgrades. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look through my collection. And if I've got one that's barely a 9.5, uh, in fact, the barely 9.5 that probably means there's no chance of that crossing over to a PCA, PSA 10. And so that's another reason why. So it's, it's, it's the best it can be. I guess I could go to SGC, but even that's not 
you know, so there are people playing the re-slabbing crossover games. And again, that's, to me, that's a sign of a healthy hobby. It's people, you have to be pretty knowledgeable. And again, it's gambling if you don't have an edge. And your edge is you're able to grade inside the slab. And that, I can't even grade outside the slab as a professional. I don't even know that I'm a good amateur. But that's a skill that's really valuable. It sure is. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm terrible at eyeballing cards for condition. <laughs> I try, I try, but I've been wrong so many times. Too many to count. Uh, what was the origin of the subgrade? That's such a valuable innovation. I, like I said, people love subgrades. They obviously matter to the market a huge amount. How did that come to be? That was from the get-go. I mean, that was that was part of the original formulation. I remember, you know, Grant for sure, Dan, Mark Anderson. I don't know who to give the exact credit for it. I, I know Grant, I spent more time with Grant than the other guys on that, but we were, they kind of huddled up and then, but yeah, that's, I mean, those were the dimensions, kind of the accepted dimensions of grading and to do it more scientifically, to bring, like I say, to bring more science to it was, was the ethos of our company. Not just looking at it and, oh, it's a nine, which is nothing wrong with that. Yeah, well, and it, it speaks to the credibility, to go back to a theme we've been harping on, of the grade, that you can see the different components and the different levels that it was graded on uh, among the four subgrades.